This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed, your weekly hour of old-time radio crime, brought to you every Wednesday by RelicRadio.com. Our first story this week comes from Sherlock Holmes. We'll hear the Burmese goddess, their story from April 18, 1949. Then it's Gangbusters. We'll hear the case of the Cumberland Safecracker, their episode from March 27, 1948. From New York City, the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men and more than 1,200 leading retail stores from coast to coast present that immortal character created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes, starring John Stanley. This week's story, The Case of the Burmese Goddess. Miss Watson, this little jade goddess is an ancient relic of Burma, and its legend is as evil as its appearance. Indeed? What is its legend, Holt? It's said that he who possesses this tiny goddess dies. But first he's forewarned by a strange death song, somewhat like the reedy melody used by snake charmers. Good Lord, Holt, listen... Dr. John Watson's study, and we're about to hear another of his adventures with the fabulous Sherlock Holmes. Well, good evening, Mr. Harris. Good evening, Dr. Watson. I presume you have one of your memoirs ready for us tonight? Indeed I have. And this one, Mr. Harris, although taking place in our familiar haunts of London, had sinister and mysterious overtones from the Far East, which to a lesser man than Holmes might have defied analysis. Well, what do you call this memoir, Dr. Watson? Holmes and I always refer to it as the case of the Burmese goddess. And Mr. Harris, after our audience is properly informed about the merits of Clippercraft clothes, I shall proceed with the facts of this very unusual story. One of the best investments you can make is a really fine suit of clothes. That's an investment that will help you socially, in business, and give you all-around lift. And you don't have to spend a fortune. Because a clipper craft suit of finest material, designed and beautifully finished by master tailors, now costs you only $45. That's right, only $45. But don't let that moderate price fool you. Every clipper craft suit looks like it costs many, many dollars more. Here's the reason you get so much more in style, workmanship, and value in clipper craft clothes. More than 1,200 independent local merchants have pooled their tremendous buying power to give you the amazing Clippercraft values. But remember this. Aside from the money you save, a new Clippercraft suit will really do things for you. Put one on and see how it really hugs your neck, how it broadens your shoulders, slims your hips, gives you that keen, well-built look. So buy a nationally famous Clippercraft suit. See what really fine tailoring can do for you. And now, Dr. Watson, what about the case of the Burmese goddess? If my memory does not fail me, Mr. Harris, it took place in the summer of 1911. This was a time when England had consolidated her empire, and many of Britain roamed the far eastern domains in search of its ancient treasure. Among these was Sir John Brandywine, 
recently returned from Burma with a collection of priceless relics. He hadn't been in London an hour, however, when he received a strange visitor. Sir John, my name is R. Daku. I have come a long way, indeed from my native land of Burma, for this interview. Yes, and what is it you want, sir? Some months ago, a sacred Burmese temple near Sitang was desecrated by vandals, robbed of its sacred relics. Among these was the jade goddess of Ema, the serpent goddess. Originally, there were two goddesses, the sisters of Ema, but one of them vanished centuries ago. Yes, quite. And I have the only remaining goddess in my collection now. Yes, Sir John. And I have come to purchase it from you and restore it to the temple. I'm sorry, Adaku, but the goddess of Amar is not for sale. I am prepared to offer you a handsome sum, enough to keep you in luxury for the rest of your life. <laughs> I have no need of money, sir. And I repeat... The goddess of Amar is not for sale at any price. I see. Sir John, no doubt you are aware of the old Burmese legend that he who possesses the goddess dies, that he is first worn by the song of the serpent, and yes, then... Yes, yes, I know the story. Pure nonsense and poppycock, of course, doesn't frighten me. In that case, there is nothing more I can say or do at the moment. Good night, Sir John. Sir John Brandywine. Yes? My name is Bailey, Reginald Bailey. I am an art collector specializing in oriental objects of art. Well, Mr. Bailey... A client of mine saw the goddess of Amar when you exhibited it briefly in Paris on your way to England here. He has commissioned me to purchase it for him. My dear sir, you're the second prospective purchaser I've seen this evening. And I'll repeat to you what I said to the first. The goddess is not for sale. My client is willing to pay £10,000, a generous offer. I'm sorry, Mr. Bailey. Sir John, I'm afraid you're being stubborn. I've been a collector long enough to know that there is no such thing as a priceless item. Everything has its price, and if it is a question of money... For the last time, sir, I shall try to make myself clear. I will not sell the idol at any price. And now, Mr. Bailey, good night. said devilish noise outside my window. No. No, it can't be. That confounded Burmese legend. It's absurd. I'll find out what this is all about. Who's down there in my garden? Good for you, speak up, right? No, no. Well, so you 
think Sir John Brandywine was murdered? Because he possessed the serpent goddess of Amarhot. Obviously, Watson, his demise followed the legend to the letter. After he was lured to the window, he was struck by a blowgun missile, soaked in deadly reptile venom, and he died almost instantly. Oh, Joe, now all this makes it hard for a chap to believe he's living in the 20th century. Yes, true, Watson, but Sir John's room was rifled in highly modern fashion. Fortunately, however, he had the foresight to lock the goddess and the remainder of his collection in a vault immediately after he arrived in London. I wonder what became of the other goddess, Holmes, the one that vanished centuries ago. I believe I can give you the answer to that, Watson. Eh, you can? Who has it, Holmes? I have. What? what? Yes, Watson. Oh, forgive me if it's one of the very few secrets I've kept from you these many years. Up to now, I saw no reason to mention it to anyone. You remember the, the adventure of the Rangoon Ruby? Yes, indeed I do. That was some ten years ago. Yes. At the culmination of that affair, the Burmese potentate involved was very grateful for some slight service I'd rendered him, and he gave me the goddess. It seems that it had secretly been kept by his family for many generations. But, Holmes, where is the goddess now? Safely under lock and key in my tin box at Barclay's back. But the only other goddess of Amar in existence, that possessed by Sir John Brandywine, will soon see the light of day. Eh? What do you mean? Oh, I take it you haven't read the morning telegraph, Watson. It seems that Sir John's widow is auctioning off her deceased husband's entire Burmese collection tomorrow morning at Brandywine House on Barclay Square. Joe! Then in view of Sir John's strange death, it might be interesting to see who bids for the goddess of Amar. Quite, Watson. And that is precisely why we shall attend the auction tomorrow morning. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. The next relic from the late Sir John Brandywine's famous Burmese collection is this tiny jade goddess, the famous serpent goddess of Amar, a rare collector's item indeed. I see a hand raised. Your name, sir? Monsieur Pierre Lavie. And your bid, sir? Uh, Fifty pounds. Holmes, that thin-faced Frenchman is doing the bidding. Quite. He's the only one. The others are obviously afraid of the legend. Watson, note the condition of the fellow's hair and hands. What about them? Interesting. Very. Very well, I have 50 pounds. 50 pounds once. 100 pounds. 100 pounds. I am bid 100 pounds. 200 pounds. 300. Four. Five. Holmes, what are you trying to do? Buy the goddess Watson. I've bid this fellow Labiel for reasons of my own. 500 pounds. Will someone offer six? Six. Seven. 700 pounds. Will the gentleman in the rear row give me eight? Uh, 800 pounds. One thousand pounds. One thousand pounds! One thousand, I have been... Holmes, the other chap stopped bidding. He's leaving the auction. Yes, he is indeed, Watson. But we have a new and late arrival. Note the high-born Burmese gentleman hurrying through the door. I have a thousand once, a thousand twice, sold for one thousand pounds. Mr. Auctioneer, wait. My name is Ardaku. And I wish to be... I'm sorry, sir, but the goddess of Amar has already been sold to the tall gentleman in the front row. Someone's at the door, Watson. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Mr. Holmes? I am Sherlock Holmes. This is my colleague, Dr. Watson. Uh, my name is Reginald Bailey. I'm an art collector, Mr. Holmes, and a client of mine is interested in the goddess of Amar you purchased at the auction this morning. 
Well? Uh, my representative, Monsieur Laville, foolishly allowed you to outbid him, thinking the price was too high. Well, I am interested in buying it now and am prepared to offer you a generous price. How generous? Ten thousand pounds. Ten thousand? Holmes, that's ten times what you paid for. Yes, quite, Watson. But the goddess of Amar is not for sale. Mr. Holmes, you don't realize what you're saying. On the contrary, I know perfectly well what I'm saying. I repeat, the goddess is not for sale at any price. Now, Mr. Bailey, I bid you good night. Very well, Mr. Holmes. I can only say you'll regret your action. Good night. Well, dash it, Holmes, you must be mad turning down an offer like that. Not at all, Watson. You recall the French gentleman who bid against me at the auction? You remember I referred to the condition of his hair and hands? Yes. The skin on the fellow's hands was desiccated and he'd lost his fingernails. Moreover, on certain areas of his head, he'd suffered a complete loss of hair. Dash it, Holmes, what's all this got to do with the, with the Burmese goddess? It means, my dear fellow, that the jade figure I purchased is worth a fortune. It means that not one, but two mysterious parties want the goddess and will stop at nothing to get it. If I'm not mistaken, there may be a desperate attempt to kidnap the goddess tonight. <laughs> You choose your family doctor, lawyer, and banker because you have confidence in them. It's just as smart to choose the place where you buy your clothes for the same reason. Right now in your own city, a friendly, respected, independent merchant sells Clippercraft clothes. He believes and acts on the belief that you will appreciate the genuine savings he passes on to you. He doesn't sell dubious merchandise. His business is built four square on a firm foundation. Fine tailoring, outstanding style, value, and quality. Exceptional quality is guaranteed by the Clippercraft label in every suit and topcoat. That respected trademark derived from the staunch Clipper ships that established honest New England quality everywhere in the world. Yes, you can trust Clippercraft clothes and the men who sell them. That's why men who know insist on Clippercraft clothes bearing the Clippercraft label. So be sure to visit the Clippercraft store in your city. These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clippercraft in your suits and topcoats. In Manhattan, John Wanamaker Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street, Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th. In Brooklyn, Abram and Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge, Newark. And in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue. And now, Dr. Watson, Dr. Watson, you were relating to us the case of the Burmese goddess. So I was, Mr. Harris. Holmes did not explain his observations any further, and I did not press him. That night at Baker Street, I fell into a troubled and uneasy slump, and my last recollection was of Holmes sitting in his easy chair, smoking his pipe, and facing the window. He seemed to be waiting for something, expecting something. And then... Watson... Watson, wake up. Holmes, what the juice is the... Listen. Good Lord, Holmes, the warning song. The warning of death. That, that infernal legend, Holmes. Right. We have a visitor in the yard. Well, confound it, let's go to the window. No, stay away from the window, Watson. Eh? To approach and open it means certain death. You shall wait here in the dark and elude the trap they've set. Who are they? Obvious, Watson. They Two shots from outside our window. Yes, something's happened which I did not foresee. Watson, take your revolver and follow me down to the yard, quickly. <laughs> There's a body of a man here in the yard. 
He's been shot. Yes. And look, there's a man. He just ran out of the shrubbery. Hello there. Stop. Stop or I'll shoot. Confounded, I missed him. He's right on the fence, Holmes. He's running down Baker Street. Quick, there. after him. The beggar was too fast for us, Holmes. He got away. Yes, quite. But he's left us a souvenir in this corpse here. Right, let's examine the body. Aha. What is it? Identification papers, Watson. And note, they prove that this dead man is Inspector Paul Dubois of the French Sûreté. Eh? What's a French police inspector got to do with a Burmese goddess, Holmes? Everything, my dear fellow, everything. Remember, my competitive bidder at the auction was also French. Yes, the pieces of this remarkable puzzle are beginning to assemble themselves into a clear and precise pattern. And one moment, Watson. Yes? Observe this slip of paper on the dead man's body. It seems to be a torn piece of rather expensive stationery. What of it? On it are written the words Room 322 in red ink. Well, Holmes, what, what does it mean? It means that very soon, Watson, I shall have the answer to this whole riddle. Suppose you find the nearest constable and inform him this affair. The moment I shall return to our flat upstairs. Well, the police will be here presently. Good Lord, the place is a shambles. Yes, Watson, our flat was quickly rifled by someone lurking on the premises. And the idol, it's gone, it's stolen. Quite, from now on we must move with all possible speed. What do we do first, Holmes? First, we must make a telephone call to the prefect of police in Paris. And after that? Find room 322. And there we may discover the goddess. Yes, but how are we going to do that, Holmes? Obvious. The room number Inspector Dubois wrote down means that this is a hotel rendezvous. And from the expensive quality of the stationery, we may deduce that Dubois wrote down this number in some first-class hotel. But, Holmes, London is full of first-class hotels. Yes, true, Watson, true. But here is the salient fact. The room number was scrawled in red ink, a highly unusual procedure. It can only mean that this particular hotel ran out of blue ink. In other words, if we... We can find a first-class hotel using red ink. Yes, quite, Watson, quite. But come, we are wasting too much time in talk. We must resolve this affair quickly before the night's over, or it'll be too late. Hello? La Ville. This is Bailey. I'm down in the hotel lobby. Ah, we. Oui. Did you get that goddess out of the home flat? We, oui, well, we, he ran after you, Monsieur Bailey. I took it from his apartment. It is here on the table now. I have already broken the goddess from the lead base. Be careful what you do, Laville. Have no fear in these matters, Monsieur. Am I not an expert? Yes, but these Burmese devils are after that goddess too, Laville. They were outside Holmes' flat when I got rid of Inspector Dubois. I'll be right up and then we'll get out. We, oui, Monsieur Bailey. As for these Burmese natives, they do not know where we are. I, I, Monsieur, Monsieur Bailey. What is it? What's the matter? They are here. They've come for the goddess. What? The song, the death song. It is outside my window. Laville, hide the lead beast, you hear? Let them have the goddess. That's all they want. Monsieur Bailey, there's someone at the window. On the fire escape. He... No, no. Laville. Laville, Laville. Didn't know. They left me a fortune. Now to get out. 
Canada, perhaps, or Australia. Or you get prison, Mr. Bailey. Holmes! Doctor, what? No, Bailey. Don't reach for that gun. As you see, I have my service revolver aimed straight at your head. I should not hesitate to use it at the slightest provocation. Note, Watson, the dead man on the floor is Monsieur Laville, my competitor at the auction. And he suffered the same fate as Sir John Brandywine, the Burmese Revenge. Oh, yes. They've taken the goddess of it. Yes, and good riddance. Let them take it back to the sacred temple whence it was stolen. Our concern is with Mr. Bailey here. How did you find me here? A matter of routine investigation, my dear fellow. I shan't bore you with the details. And I wouldn't touch that lead base so tightly if I were you. I, I believe you'll find it worthless. What do you mean? I mean that it's merely a solid block of lead. You, you see, my dear fellow, you purloined the wrong goddess. What? Holmes, you mean you switched the figures? You took the goddess that you owned from the tin box at Barclays Bank and placed it in our flat? Precisely, Watson. And the goddess I purchased at the auction now rests quite safely in the custody of Inspector Lestrade at Scotland Yard. You cheated me. You cheated me out of a fortune. Quite. What's all this about? What fortune? Fortune in radium, Watson. Radium? Exactly. A grain of radium stolen from the Curie Laboratories in Paris, hidden in the base of the goddess of Amar, and thus smuggled into England. Now that we've delivered the smuggler Bailey to the authorities, would you mind telling me the course of your deduction? I must confess I'm confused. Are you, Watson? Well, the whole, whole affair is really quite obvious. The Burmese motive to recover the goddess was simple enough, a sacred and religious quest. But it was at the auction, after observing La Ville, that a new element entered. But how? How, how did you know? The condition of the man's hands and hair... Loss of fingernails, desiccated appearance of skin, loss of patches of hair, symptomatic of work with radium. The fact that he was a Frenchman further heightened my suspicions. Yes, but Holmes, I, I still don't see how... La Ville, as I learned from the Paris Prefect of Police, was a worker in the Curie Laboratory. He entered a conspiracy with this international thief, Bailey, to steal a grain of radium. The next problem was to smuggle it out of the country. And so they concealed it in the goddess of Amar, while Sir John Brandywine... Displayed his collection in Paris, eh? Exactly. The lead base, of course, was a perfect carrier in which to hide the loot and get it past the customs and out of the country. They had planned to purchase the goddess from Sir John and then recover the radium. Their plans, however, went awry. Meanwhile, Inspector Dubois was hot on their trail and they got rid of him. And that Holmes closes his adventure. Not quite, Watson. We are living in a new and dynamic age. I am a criminologist, not a seer, and yet I know that these radioactive substances hold the key to the future. And I cannot help but wonder if men will use them for good or evil. Watson, that was quite an adventure, sir. Yes, indeed it was, Mr. Harris. It is, in fact, one of my favorite memoirs, and significant in the light of what is being done with radioactive substances today. And now, Dr. Watson, what adventure will you have for us next week? Next week, Mr. Harris, I shall relate to you the adventure of the Golden Pince-Nez. It concerns an untidy rug, a box of Egyptian cigarettes, and a stab in the dark. 
The makers of Clipper Craft clothes and more than 1,200 stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and the program is produced and directed by Basil Lockridge. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by George Spelt. This week's story was written by Max Ehrlich with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in The Adventure of the Golden Pass Nay. This is Cy Harris speaking for Clipper Craft Clothes. The most comfortable shoe sole in the world. The Neolite sole. Light? It's light as leather. Smart? It's smart as leather. And wear? It outwears leather two to one. For men, women, children. Get the Neolite sole. Step on it. This is WOR, New York, serving the largest single station audience in America. Now, Gangbusters, presented in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States. The only national program that brings you authentic police case history. Gangbusters has asked the Honorable Lynn Bomar, Commissioner of Safety, State of Tennessee, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. Commissioner Bomar, you were telling me before the program started that Ray Ernest was one of the most cautious criminals you ever ran into. That's right, Les Griffith. And in his caution, he appeared to be quiet and pleasant-mannered. For instance, in a small Tennessee town one night about two years ago... An old-fashioned square dance was being held in the volunteer firehouse to raise money for new uniforms for the school band. Nearly every citizen was there, and not a few strangers dropped in for the fun. Everyone was in the spirit of the thing. Even the night marshal who comprised the entire police force after nine o'clock was no exception. He had for a partner the prettiest girl on the floor. You'll have this square dancing <laughs> down to a team before the night's over. Oh, folks, oh, Let me have your attention. Yeah. What about old Mifflin? Got on his mind. Now, quiet, please, folks. We up here have been entertaining you get thirsty just like everybody else. <laughs> so we're going to take a little recess while we get back to the rear of the firehouse 
where refreshments is on sale. Uh, now, in the meantime, in the meantime, you you can do the other kind of dance. Uh, We're going to put on a fine dance record for uh, you. Uh, now, now, don't go away. We'll be back in five minutes for a good old Virginia reel. <laughs> oh, it doesn't seem right to play swing music here, does it, Marshal? No, it sure don't. <laughs> Say, Miss Lois, hmm? you must be awful thirsty after a whole workout. Oh, well, I... I... Suppose I go back and get you a Coke or Sarsaparilla or something. Oh, well, I'd sure like one, but I hate to bother you, Marshal. Bother? No bother. Now, don't go away. I'll be right back. All right. Ray, you finished? Not yet. Give us a chance. I told you it's would take us a long time. You better hurry. The marshal has to start on another round in about half an hour. All right, we'll be out by then. We'll be out in 20 minutes. Does it look like a lot? A lot for a post office. Keep this hit cop occupied. I've got to get back. Ray. What? It's awful risky. Everybody in the state looking for you in the post office being right next door to the dance here. I knew what it was. It'll be okay. Now, don't worry. Be careful, Ray. I'll be careful. You just keep that marshal busy. That's your job. I'll see you. Right. Oh, this top some more, Ray. Knocking off the post office safe right under the nose of everybody in town. Okay, okay. You don't have to scream it to the rafters. Get the door. Well, you're not leaving us so early. No, no. Just going out for a breath of air. We'll be back. Good, good. There's lots coming up yet. Fine. We'll see you. Go on, Golden. Mitch ought to have the safe about ready to place the suit now, Ray. We ought to return plenty of time. Oh, this should be a good one. It will be. And I sure wish I could stick around to see that marshal's face when they open that post office tomorrow. <laughs> He's square dancing himself right out of a job. Good morning, Captain Jackson. One of your state highway patrolmen said you were here. Yes, Riggs. We're taking over the investigation. Well, I would have been here to see you sooner, Captain, but I was writing out my resignation to the mayor. Well, don't be so hasty, Riggs. It wasn't your fault. Well, it wasn't anybody else's. I'm getting paid to be marshal at night. I should be keeping a watch on the town instead of dancing the square dance. You made your rounds when you were supposed to. Yeah, I didn't stop him from breaking into the post office. I spoke to Mayor Riggs. He understands the post office might have been burglarized even if there weren't a square dance at the firehouse. Oh. So just wait a couple of days with the resignation. Maybe we'll catch him. And maybe we won't. Oh, I swear, Captain, I'll never again be taken in by a pretty face. How would I know she was one of the gang? Well, nobody could have known it. We think it was Ray Ernest again. Huh? He's pulled tricks like this all over the state. They've burglarized over 50 banks and post offices, so you're not the only victim. Well, they sure are a slick bunch, Captain. Well, this Ray Ernest is. The rest of them we don't know too much about. Well, I'd sure like to get my hands on that fella. Just for five minutes, I'd like to get my hands on him. So would we. But so far, we're not very close to him. The best information we have says they make their headquarters in Nashville. Where in Nashville? Well, that's anybody's guess. Captain, if I hold up on that resignation of mine, could I help out on the investigation? Well, you're entitled to, Riggs. There's been a burglary in your jurisdiction. You've got a right to participate. Well, I'm only a small-town marshal, Captain. I don't know too much, but I can work with you in the daytime and still do my job here in town at night. Well, that's a lot of time to put in. Well, I reckon I owe the time. All right, Riggs. If you feel that way about it, I'll be glad to have your help. 
And I think we can find plenty for you to do. All right, Mitch. Right up close to the tracks. As close as you can get. Okay. That's good. Lights out. Ray, there's Goldie. Yeah, I see him. Okay, Lois, get up front with Mitch. If you see anybody that looks like cops, start necking. It don't have to be no order. Doesn't it? As far as I'm concerned, it's got to be an order. Then it is. If I need you, I'll send Goldie back here. Go on, Lois, get in front. Nervous. He wants to pull out. So he wants to pull out. Yeah. That's the shack he was in right here. Listen. This guy, a little bit knows what he's got. He's going to ask a lot of dough. Well, he won't get a lot. Bum that lives in a shanty by the freight yards will settle next to nothing. Not this guy. Go on, knock. Yeah? What you want? It's me again, Goldie. Open up. some light in here, will you? I ain't got much oil left. I was saving it. For what? Get that lantern lit. Uh, give me a match, Goldie. That's a crying out loud. You're too tight to use matches. I've run out. Here. Here's a match. Now light the lantern. I don't see no good reason, but... That's better. You think so? I don't believe ever I had the pleasure. No, you didn't. What's more, you're not going to get it. Come on, little bit. Show the boss the gimmick. It's going to cost you a pocketful. Let's see it. Okay, okay, I got it here. I got it here under my cot. It's a beaut, boss. Never thought we'd get our hands on one like it. Okay, quiet. Here she is. Complete. Regular, genuine, high horsepower drill. The six diamond tip drill bits. Yeah. They like that, boss. What are you asking a little bit? Well, seeing as I got an idea for what you're going to use it, I... Don't guess 500 be too much? 500? Never mind what we're going to use it for a little bit. And 500 is out of the question. I know, guys, it'll pay it. Come on, little bit. You swiped it out of the roundhouse. Get reasonable, will you? Goldie. Yeah? Go on to the car. Tell Lois and Mitch to come in here. Hey, now, look here. I can't go showing this thing to everybody. It's hot as a jailhouse in July. Now, you want it, don't you? Yeah, I want it. Go on, Goldie. Okay, I'll get it. I'll give you ten bucks. Cash. Oh, now, nothing doing. This drill's worth thousands to you. Ten bucks. Oh, go on. Get out of here. We can't do no business. You'll take ten bucks and be glad you got it. Let me loose. Let me loose. I wanted to. I'd pick up that drill and walk out of here, and you wouldn't say a word to anybody. But I'm giving you a break. Yeah, but ten bucks ain't nothing for my trouble. And that drill can cut through anything you want it to, like churn butter. A little bit. I'm being generous. Oh, now, I went to a lot of bother for that bad drill. Almost got myself catch getting it. Ain't everybody can swipe something like that out of a roundhouse. Lois, stand over there. Quiet. Goldie, Mitch, come here. Need come through. You're darn right it is. Okay. Here, a little bit. I'll be kind to you. 
Here's a fast 20 for you. Oh, that ain't enough. It's plenty. Goldie. Yeah? You think you can find a through freight, South? Yeah, I think so. Okay, little bit's taking a vacation. Tie him up good and throw him in a boxcar. Hey, now I don't want to... Grab him. Come on, you. Let go, let go. Get him out of here. Hold him, bitch. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. If he gets fresh, slug him over the head and take back the 20. Come on, get out. Close the door, Louis. Yeah. Well, you certainly took care of him. The three of you. Forget it. I don't own Ron where he can answer questions if he's picked up. Well, can he tell them? If the cops know we got a drill like this, they've got an idea what we're after. You mean you can cut through those burglar-proof states with this thing? You bet I can. And the first one's going to be the vault in that bank at College Grove. I've just been itching to get a look inside that box. And here's where that itch gets scratched. And so, Les, while the police were desperately trying to get on his trail... The Tennessee safecracker, Ray Ernest, acquired a power drill with diamond-tipped bits and planned to expand his operations to even larger and stronger safes. But he didn't realize that the steel nerves of a safecracker are often more brittle than the vaults on which he works. You were telling us, Commissioner Bomar, that the gang of burglars led by Ray Ernest was responsible for cracking the safes of more than 50 banks and post offices in small towns of Tennessee and bordering states. That's right, Les. And the police were making a strenuous effort to track him down. But the investigation under Captain J.J. Jackson of the Tennessee State Highway Patrol was proceeding slowly because of the widespread character of the criminal's operations. In the meantime... Ernest had acquired a special power drill for the purpose of cracking heavy safes. Early one morning, he and two of his confederates were inside a small bank in Middle Tennessee, hard at work on the safe. Okay, okay, cut them up. All right. All right, set the cap in there. Mitch. Jerry. Come get this stuff out of the way. We're going to blow her. Don't for me. We've been here long enough. I'll right, get the jump together. How's it going, Goldie? It's about ready. No, 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 no. Set that cap deeper. Deeper. Look, I Let me know. handle it. Okay. Goldie, grab the rug. All right. Tools all clear? Just about. Okay, make it snap. Here you are, right? Rug. All right, come on, come on. Put it over the front of the safe. And don't rush me. I work cheap. Okay, I'll put it. That's it. I got a muffle or something. All right, get back there. I'll light the fuse. Come on, Mitch. Behind the desk. Right, Mitch. Here goes. Get down, Ray. Yeah. The fast fuse. Don't I know it. What is it? Okay, it ain't over yet. Hold it. Now hold it. Come on. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's get busy. That noise could have been heard for a mile. Yeah, right. Mitch. Signal Lois will be out in five minutes. And keep a lookout at that door. And if anybody gets nosy, let them have it. Hello. Briggs? Yeah. Captain Jackson. Yes, Captain. Ray Ernest and his mob have just knocked over the bank at College Grove. Was that so? How about checking tourist cabins in your neighborhood for us? Sure, Captain. I'll get right on it. Uh, wait a minute. When'd you get to bed? Well, what time is it now? 4 a.m. Oh, about an hour ago, but don't worry about it, Captain. I'll get right on it. I'll be okay. 
And dig, dig, dig all night long. We dig to get in the safe. Now we dig a hole in the ground. Uh, go on, Mitch. That ain't there deep enough. Yeah, take the shovel. You try it a while. Thanks. Go on, go on, dig. Ray sees you laying down on the job. He's liable to bury you in a hole. That ain't so funny. No. It ain't, is it? No, there was nearly 30 grand in that safe. Split four ways, it don't come to so much. Yeah. I thought this was a screwy idea. Stop in the middle of getaway. Go over in the woods, he says. Dig a hole. Bury the dough. Bury the tools. You know, he and Lois could be out there in the car figuring out just how they're going to do the whole thing. We get the hole dug, Ray shoots the both of us, and we drop in the grave we dug. Yeah. What's this stall of his about the wheel? There's nothing wrong with that wheel. Yes, me, Ray just wanted a chance to work this out with Lois. I wouldn't put it past him. Look, Goldie, he makes a move. Why wait for him to make a move? You mean? Sure. I wouldn't mind getting rid of that rotten orchard. Here he comes. Go ahead and take Okay. That's it. That's about that. It. How are you boys doing? Okay. All right, that's deep enough. I think so, Ray. Plenty deep enough. Let's get busy. I want to be moving before it's light. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, look, Ray. I don't want to hear any more about it. We bury the dough and the tools. When we need it, we come back. I'll get that stuff in there, Goldie. Wait a minute, Ray. Go on. Get it in there. Okay. Look over that steering wheel. It's okay now. Is it? I said it was. Look, I got an idea how to play this safe. The cops know me. They don't know either you or Lois too well. So? You take the car, ride back to Nashville. You won't be bothered. And what about you? I'll hitchhike. I'll get there the best I can. That's awful generous of you, Ray. Eh? It's plain it's safe. What's Lois think about it? I didn't ask her. She's sleeping in the car. It's the best way for all of us. Now go on, finish burying that stuff, then I'll get started. You mean started walking? That's what I mean. What goes, Ray? This is a screwy deal. I told you I wanted to play it safe. Yeah. Safe enough to come back by yourself and dig up the dough? Oh. So that's what's on your mind. What else would be on our mind? Uh, you're nuts. Now put the dough in there and get it covered up. Not on your life, Ray. There's something else going on. Oh, hey. That's it. Don't move. Oh. Pulling a gun on me, huh? What kind of a double cross is this? Same kind you were fixing to hand us. You, don't move, Ray. Don't move or you get it sooner than you expected. Okay, if this is the way you want it. But you're nuts. How far do you think you'd get without me? We'd get 30 grand worth of fire. Now, look. Be reasonable, will you? I want you. Why'd you shoot him? What are you? If you had a gun, that's why. Go on, give it to him now. Throw him over in the hole first. It'll be cleaner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, look at him. Big boys. Got dirt in his face. Come on, give it to him. Well, what are you waiting for? Look. Come on, shoot. Mitch. What do we need a murder rap for? He was going to bury us. No, no. The idea he had wasn't bad. Go on, will you? I'll have to kill Lois, too, you know. She's nuts about him. She'll run to the first cop she sees. This way, we could just kiss her goodbye in Nashville and have the whole 30 grand to ourselves. What about him? I'll fix him so he's good for a couple hours here. We'll take a long trip. He'll never find us. Why look for trouble with a murder rap when this is just as good? Okay. Maybe you got something. Go on. Get the work on him. Give me that show. Yeah. Left. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah. 
cross me. Okay, okay. Cut it out of your work, you learn. Come on, let's get moving. Well, I don't get it. We told you, Lois. Ray said the safest thing was for him to hitchhike and meet us in Nashville. That's right. There's something fishy about the whole deal. What's fishy about it? We were digging a hole. He was fixing a wheel in a car. He comes to us and tells us the whole idea. We buried a dough. He goes off in the woods. That's all there is to it. What'd you do to him? What do we do to him? What are you talking about? I mean, you guys are pulling a fast one. Hey. It's the law. Come on, Goldie Drive. Oh, brother. Faster, will you? Faster. They're catching up to us. What's the bridge up ahead? I see it. Bridge is pretty narrow. I'll shoot at him when I get closer. Hey. hey. What's the matter? Well, it's little. I can't hold it. What's the bridge? We're going over. I can't hold it. Help me. Tells me your car broke down out of town a ways. Yeah, that's right. I had a little wreck. Oh. Well, not much damage, except I got quite a bump on the head and my clothes full of mud. Well, I'm working with the State Highway Patrol. Can I be helpful? No, no. I called the wrecker from Nashville. They're coming out after the car. Are you going to Nashville? Yeah. As soon as I finish my coffee. Well, I'm going there myself this morning. I'll give you a lift. I'm much obliged, but um, I guess I can manage. Well, you might have a little trouble, mister. There's quite a bit of excitement around. Bank at College Grove was broken into last night. The roadblocks all over. No kidding. You won't have no trouble with me, though. They know who I am. They let me right through. You know, I um, I think I'll take you up on your offer, if you don't mind. Not at all. I'm glad to have the company. Riggs is my name. Yeah, mine's Brown. Bruce Brown. Okay, Mr. Brown. As soon as you finish your coffee. Yeah, I'll be right with you. <laughs> no car went over the bridge on the pike early this morning. Yeah? Yeah, we think it had some of the burglars in it. They're still trying to fish it out. Were they drowned? Mm, looks that way. They'll know for sure in a couple of hours. Well, if it was the bank robbers, I guess they had it coming. I guess they did. Well, I'm all set. Okay, then let's go. I'd like to make Nashville by noon. Okay with me. Sooner the better. We've been having quite a little trouble with them safe crackers. Busted into more than 50 safes. Most of them in small towns like mine. That's so. Banks, post offices, warehouses, everything. But I reckon this is the end of them. Well, if they drowned, it must be. They even broke into the post office in my town. Same night we had the square dance at the firehouse. A lot of nerve those fellas had. Post office is right next door to where the dance was. No kidding. Yes, sir. We were having a great time in there. All the while they were breaking open the safe in the post office. Hmm. I almost lost my job over it. That's too bad. The mayor says it wasn't my fault, though. So did my friend, Captain Jackson, the state highway patrol. Well, you were... Hey. What's that up ahead there? Uh, oh, well, that's one of the roadblocks. We won't have no trouble, though. I thought you said those criminals were drowned. Well, we're not really sure yet. Can't take any chances. I guess you're right. I'll just slow down a little so they can see who I am. Yeah, that'll be a good idea. Hi, Riggs. Hello there, Sergeant. Yeah, it's Sergeant Bailey, the State Highway Patrol. Mm -hmm. Did you have to stop? No, I didn't, but I'd just like to say hello to my friend, Captain Jackson. Oh, 
Just make yourself comfortable, Mr. Brown. I won't be a minute. Oh, take your time. with the steering gear of your friend's car so they'd lose control. You'll have a hard time proving that. Maybe you wanted all that loot for yourself. That's how you figured to get it. Maybe. But you couldn't prove that either. We'll see. Well, Ernest, as far as I go, but if you want to go to Nashville, the captain will take you the rest of the way. You bet your life I will, Ernest. I want you in the strongest jail in the state. So, Les, that was the end of the criminal activities of Ray Ernest and his gang. Ernest, the sole survivor of the gang, is now serving a long term in the federal penitentiary at Atlanta, after which he'll have to account for similar sentences in the states of Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. Well, thank you, Commissioner Bomar, and congratulations to all the officers, federal, state, and local, who participated in the investigation leading to the arrest and conviction of this troublesome criminal. Tonight's case was dramatized by Stanley Ness and directed by William Sweets with John Larkin and Will Gear in leading roles. Les Griffiths speaking for Don Gardner. Gangbusters is a Phillips H. Lord production. Case closed for this week. Hope you enjoyed today's show. You can find more from Sherlock Holmes, Gangbusters, past episodes of Case Closed, and thousands of other old-time radio episodes at relicradio.com. Got a shoutcast stream up and running there with even more old-time radio. All of this is made available to you for free thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Your support makes it all happen. Thank you to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed.